fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Excellence fantasy titles. Uh, this is our countdown show, our post week three recap show, and our countdown to Sunday night football, which is going to be the Broncos and the 49ers, which I'm like marginally excited about. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I was last time you saw me, I was with CJ, but the wolf is back. I know, and, and it went, went, went pretty well, actually. I thought you guys hammered it, you guys did a great job with it. So, you well, know. you were you were like highly medicated in a hospital. <laughs> That's true. Bed. I'm your Very host, Matt The Truth Jones, with me as always, <laughs> back from his stint in the hospital, the Wolf of Rota Street himself. Wolf, how you doing? Doing great. First recap show without an appendix. Love, love to be here. Hopefully the uh, sweaty swearing men don't turn off too many uh, viewers here on yeah, our right. recap show. But what a week three. I mean, pretty crazy stuff. A lot of interesting developments, as we say every week. But I think especially this week, we've learned some really interesting things. So I'd love to just dive right in and, right. and start talking about these folks. All right, let's talk about studs first. We had a couple epic performances. We'll just start right off the bat with Devontae Smith. He caught eight out of 12 targets for 169 yards and a touchdown in the Eagles' week three win against the hapless Commanders. If my memory is correct, I feel like this is like the second time this season that an Eagles receiver's had like 150 yards at halftime, and it was a different guy last time. Is A.J. Brown in week one. I don't know yeah. if he was exactly 150. I mean, it was, like, it was some huge number, like 130, yeah. 100, you know. And so that's big time, man. Devontae Smith not as involved uh, in some of the earlier games, obviously super involved in this one and definitely a worthy candidate for a stud of the week. Yeah, he's down two for three, actually, on games. Uh, shut out week one, but right. C.J. Sempton, his boy Jeffrey Okuda from, uh, from Ohio State, has actually become a shutdown, lockdown corner over there for the Lions. Locked on Devonta Smith week one. But other than that, he's had a couple big weeks and especially one of the biggest receiver weeks of the week this week. So, yeah, Devonta Smith, I'm going to be ranking him a lot different moving forward. And I see those thumbs up buttons coming on in here as you guys continue to gather, continue to join for the recap show. One of my favorite, that thumbs up button does continue to help us to grow. Another stud nominee of the week is Lamar Jackson. I mean, we were just wrong on this guy. He is going absolutely bananas yet again, nearly 40 fantasy points. Uh, going 18 for 29, 218 and four touchdowns. But it was, as always with him, on the ground, 11 carries, 107, and another score on the ground. What an absolute beast, a definite stud nominee. So we got Derrick Henry back on the list. And I got to say, compared to Derrick Henry's past glory, yeah, <laughs> this this wouldn't have gotten him on the list. So it's more like the bar had been lowered, and then he had a pretty good game. 20 rushes, 85 yards, and a touchdown. The thing that caught my eye, because I was watching, a, a, this yes. game was on red zone a decent amount. Caught five balls for an additional 58 yards. Derrick Henry starts catching, you know, five balls out of the backfield every week. He's he's at the top of the list again. Absolutely. He's been left for dead by a lot of owners. But with Hilliard back as well, that's like the big thing here is their pass catching back was there. Big workload in the receiving game. Great to see for Henry. But outperformed on the ground. Devonta Smith, the top performing receiver of the week. Khalil Herbert, the top scoring running back. 20 carries, 157 yards, and two scores in addition to 12 yards 
through the air, an absolutely monster performance, the number one running back as of right now for week three, and maybe the number one waiver wire pickup. Not maybe, definitely the number one waiver wire pickup. We'll talk about when we get to early waiver wire pickups in a little bit. Who's your stud out of those four? Uh, to me, Lamar wins it just because I don't think anybody was using Khalil Herbert, and Devonta Smith might have been around like 40 to 50% started this week. So I always like to give it to someone we know was cleaning up. He was the highest scoring numbers-wise of the week, Lamar Jackson. So I got to hand it over to him and just kind of eat our crow. We were wrong on the guy. Like, he's just an absolute monster. He's definitely the, my stud of the week as well for all yeah. the reasons that you stated. Let's move on to the other side of the coin. Not good. Let's talk about duds of the week. I mean, look, after week one, we were like, yeah, this is the best receiver in the NFL. I mean, I mean we, you know, because because we always – blow our wad after week one and decide and make all these declarations justin jefferson three catches on six targets for 14 yards and this is against a lions defense that has been ravaged by some teams already yeah i mean what's up pretty pathetic again maybe it's the jeffrey okuda effect we were just talking about devonta smith getting shut up it also happened to mclaurin and it's now happened to jefferson something you got to keep some tabs on but that's back-to-back weeks now we've seen a shutdown corner take out jefferson we don't see Cooper Cup get taken out. And so that whole week one, everybody victory laughing. Oh, Justin Jefferson over Cup. Like, we were never on that train. We certainly no. had Jefferson Jefferson in our top four overall. But, man, like, it's clear cut. Cooper's, Cooper's in a, a tier by himself. As point, I right? said to CJ on the podcast on Thursday, the, this year's Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup. Only. Yeah, I heard that line. I love that <laughs> one. It gave me a good chuckle. I didn't know if it was the morphine or not. But, yeah. No, good I thought it was there. a good line. Uh, one of the biggest disappointments, maybe the worst pick he could have made this year, Alvin Kamara, oh, yeah. 15 carries, 61 yards, 12 yards through the air, but also a costly fumble. So what was it, like four Final Fantasy points for the guy? Just hasn't yeah, even scored. A four to, four to six range. I, yeah. I have him on both of my teams. My, team, my teams, are, my teams are terrible. Uh, it's mind-blowing. Mind I know I texted you. I was like, why does he suck so bad? He's like, I don't know, but he does. And it's he, so true. Like, he doesn't he even does. look good. What's happening? I mean, honestly, the Saints look bad. We can they talk about cool. that that later on. But, yeah, uh, Kamara, does, it does not look good right now. He was already our, our dud of the week in week one. And here exactly. he is on the list again. Uh, meanwhile, Tyreek Hill, a guy that was not on the dud of the list week last week, um, caught two out of four targets for 33 yards. And the Dolphins' improbable win against the Buffalo Bills, yeah. who I thought were completely unstoppable. I'd love to talk about that game. I know we don't have time on this show. But that was kind of nuts. Hill, I mean, I feel like last week he had like 12 for a buck 90 in two scores yeah. or something like that. Two for four, two for 33, nothing going on. Definitely belongs on the dud list. He might be studying out in Miami, but who knows? There's going to be some duds, I guess, mixed in there. A guy that's not – actually is pretty steady, and the fact that he freaking sucks. We've been yeah, but this was bad this even for him. For this, was a, this was a bad week even for him. You know, Baker Mayfield's going to reunite and just kind of blow up DJ Moore. The Savior's coming. Why did anybody expect that? Well, that's DJ just Moore. silly. That was just yeah. dumb for anyone. One say. catch, six yards, a whopping two friggin' yards on it on one catch on six targets. Just abysmal. Horrendous, like, overall. I think he's a good player, but at this point, can we really say that for certain? Because most really good players, that the fact that DJ Moore is lumped in with, those guys at least, can elevate a QB. DJ Moore, just another dud performance, another awful week. Yeah, and, and, rounding and, out this list, by the way, our guy, and I kind of predicted this when David not. called into the show, and he said, what's your number one mush peak pick of the week? Yeah. And I, I said, you know, maybe Allen Robinson's going to end up being that guy. Allen Robinson, two catches on five targets for 23 yards. He has now had two abysmal games 
and one game where his production was saved because he happened to get into the end zone. What do you think? Where's your panic meter, one to ten, on this guy that we both just love in the offseason? Very, very high on the panic meter right now. Uh, Arizona secondary is one of the worst in the NFL. Oh, yeah. And he had a, a touchdown go right through his hands. You could see the frustration on Stafford's face immediately. He barely looked his way the rest of the game. I'm panicking. I mean, honestly, certainly on the bench moving forward and maybe a cut candidate. Like, honestly, I remember last year hanging on time and time again. And then finally I cut him by, like, week nine. I don't know if I'm going to waste that much time this year. Like, I, I am very, very close. I think it could send a great message to your locker room to send this guy packing. Like, it, it, they need this message. It's so, it's so frustrating because we both were so high on him. And I, I really, really believed it. Yeah. Like, I didn't even feel like I was really going out on a limb. Me neither. It seemed like one of the biggest locks of the century. In terms of who takes home the honor, I think I got to go with Jefferson. Just related to expectations, only 14 yards against yeah. the Lions. Like, I mean, that's I the worst. Obviously, Moore's the single statistically worst performance. But relative to expectations, it's Justin Jefferson. Oh, it's Justin Jefferson. It's Justin yeah. Jefferson. Dud of the week. And, and just a little bit, like, I'm not panicking on him, but a little worried here moving forward on that one. We'll move on now to stats that pop, stats that stand out. Talking position by position, we'll start with some positives and negatives as we go through them. We mentioned Lamar Jackson and the studs, again, 40 fantasy points, but not far behind him was Jalen Hurts. 340 yards, three touchdowns, and then, of course, nine rushes and 20 yards on the ground. Just a reminder of how unstoppable this guy is going to be throughout the year. 30 fantasy points and basically a half. And yes, the Konami upside's real, but he did it with his arm. He has taken a clear step as a passer. This was my number three quarterback heading into the year. I think the only mistake I had was having Lamar below him. And even then, like, I think these guys are going to go back and forth at, towards the top of the leaderboard. What an absolute stud Jalen Hurts is fantasy-wise so, and real-life-wise. The Eagles are good. Jalen Hurts is the only good thing I have going on my fantasy team, and it's not even close to enough to propel me to, like, victories yeah. or anything like that. But it was frustrating watching because he did have – over 30 fantasy points in the, first half. <laughs> in the first half yeah but then he did nothing in that's the what i'm half. saying They're like he had good. like he passed for like 11 yards or something in the second half and didn't run at all so i was just like you know i mean it seemed like he was going to score 50 points i know the commanders couldn't do anything and then they just stopped and i don't know how much of that was by design or what but i mean certainly the ceiling's high for this guy i mean when they get into an actual shootout like this guy has legitimately 50-point upside. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, he's not on our list, but worth noting that in a losing effort um, and in a game where he didn't look particularly great, Josh Allen did have 400 passing yards and a couple touchdowns. So. Exactly. Ugly. Anyway, let's go Let's go <laughs> to the negative. I mean, it's, it was a, it was a, and a, and a pretty bad performance. Yeah, we had Allen lose. We had Mahomes lose. We had, yeah. had some interesting results today. Um, I would have bet the farm on the Chiefs over the Colts, by the way. Crazy. Um, I mean, when has Matt Ryan not come through in a big situation? <laughs> Negative. Uh, and this, you have cuttable written in front of this guy. Justin Fields, who I just want to say I was way ahead of the bus on this one. Yeah. Uh, completed 8 of 17 passes for 106 yards and two picks. And Chicago's – let me get you one, too. Uh, 23 to 20, week three went over the Texans. Uh, he did add eight carries for 47 yards. I mean, this guy's not going anywhere for my team. Not no. that my team's anything to brag about. One of those, most of those yards, 29 of them, came on one scramble where he was running for his life, too. He should not be on fantasy rosters. There's no point in holding on to him. It's just not. The ceiling's not there. He's not running enough. He's not throwing enough. He's just not enough. So get rid of him. Carson Wentz, yes, he had two huge days to start the year, but kind of rounding back to Carson Wentz form, 211 yards, 43 attempts to get there, too. So not very efficient. Also fumbled. 
looked completely overmatched. So when he has the right matchups, he's got the weapons to succeed. But when he's facing a good defense, definitely belongs on benches. Damian Pierce, we're thrilled to see him getting some usage, 20 yeah. rushes for 80 yards and a touchdown. He also had two catches for 21 extra receiving yards on his lone two targets of the game. Uh, nice to see. The Texans are abysmal. You can see the talent with this guy, though. 100% played 35 of 59 snaps, 28 of the early down snaps compared to just eight for uh, Rex Burkhead. And you also got four of the five goal line carries and three of all three short yardage. Yes, Burkhead continued to dominate the third down work with nine of nine and two minute drill, six of six. But still great to see Damian Pierce more involved and see him thrive. A couple fumbles were definitely concerning, but still that type of game you needed to see from the guy as they turned the keys over. We mentioned Khalil Herbert, but just to reiterate, 20 carries, 157 yards, two touchdowns, 12 yards, 48% rostered, rumored to be the better fit all offseason, and sure showed it today. Looked really good. We'll see what Montgomery's injury is as we get later into the show. We also mentioned Derrick Henry earlier. I yeah. won't rehash that, but you know, obviously an encouraging game from him and a game that's Titans won. Raiders look at it 0-3 now. How about that? Jamal Williams for the Lions rushed 20 times for 87 yards. There's a lot of 20 rush for like 80-some yards this week. Um, yeah. In their loss to the Vikings, he did add two receptions for 20 yards, um, but he also got in the end zone twice. Yeah, and he's got both goal line carries again. Got to be a little concerning for a swift owners out there. Oh, yeah. He breaks the big ones. Looks great when he does, but all of this short down yardage work is going to uh, especially at the goal line, Jamal Williams. Swift didn't even dominate like that much. He had, you know, four of the two-minute snaps compared to five for Jamal Williams, too. I don't know if there was an injury or what was going on there. We did see all eight, uh, or not all eight, but eight of 11 third-down snaps go to uh, DeAndre Swift. But still, definitely concerning usage there. Only one short yardage carry went to uh, DeAndre Swift as well. So got to be concerned there. A guy that ended up picking up his work in the short yardage game was Chase Edmonds plunging in for two touchdowns today. And that was really big to see because Mostert had been working in last week. It got a little ugly. It does seem like it's flipping back towards Chase Edmonds. Although Mostert played 24 of the 43 snaps compared to just 19 for Edmonds. Uh, Mostert also ran more routes, 13 to eight, and ultimately saw more carries, eight to six. It just ended up being the two most valuable carries went to Edmonds. So it's like a mixed bag, right? Edmonds looked good, and the final counting stats are good, but I wouldn't be just thinking we're out of the woods, even though Mostert only had 11 yards on his eight carries, didn't look good. I think that'll flip things to Edmonds again. Six carries, 21 yards, two scores, in addition to the six-yard receptions. I imagine the pendulum swifting more to him, but I wanted to make sure to rehash that whole picture of the backfield because it wasn't all that pretty, the underlying usage stats. Worth noting on Jets running backs this yeah. week. Not that anybody like blew up, blew up, but we got to see. We got uh, some things were kind of started to get sorted out. Brees Hall had eight rushes for 39 yards. Compare that to Michael Carter, who rushed 11 times for 39 yards. But uh, Hall had six catches for 53 yard, uh, yards on top of that, whereas Carter only had one catch for seven yards. So the, the rushing still around a 50-50 split, uh, give or take, but Hall getting more involved in some other key plays now. 100%. The big thing was Ty Johnson, who last week were like, is this really going to be a three-headed nightmare now? Yeah, that was he where you did all the swearing and, and at, people uh, That must have been where the sweat and the swears really started to pour out of my body at that point. Uh, but only one snap coming for Ty Johnson, so maybe my mouth won't be quite as filthy tonight. The sweat clearly still there. Uh, but third downs, 12 of the 14 did go to Brees Hall. One went to Ty Johnson. One went to Michael Carter. That's big in six of the 12 
third down snaps. They were kind of split right down the middle between Carter and Hall. But big, big usage as a receiver for Brees Hall. That schedule is starting to lighten up. And as you mentioned, the six catches for 53, he looks really good. I think they're going to turn the reins over sooner than later. And that schedule really starts to lighten up soon for the Jets. One of my favorite by lows right now is, uh, is Brees Hall. Another guy that, you know, I wouldn't even try to sell high. I think everybody wants to sell this guy and just looks so good every time he's out there and healthy. He's Corderell Patterson, 17 carries, 141 yards, and a TD, one catch for 12. At one point, the announcer was like, and he galloping down the field. And that's what he looks like. He does gallop. He gallops. He's a gazelle. Once he gets ahead of steam, I mean, this guy cannot be stopped. Great performance from Corderell Patterson. Definitely an RB2. We got a lot of questions on him on the broadcast, and I was hit or miss. I said play him in some. To me, he's a guy that you don't really ask about anymore. You should lock him in the lineup and feel good about it. Yeah, the only worry with him is just idiotic usage and play calling, which is not his fault or anything like that. Yeah. No, it can still burn you. But, yeah, I mean, you see why everyone was so excited about this guy when he first came out and thought he was can't miss. He's, exactly. he's just an amazing athlete. Exactly. James Robinson. This is our last one uh, here about the Jags. 17 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown. It's a nice stat line. Another three catches for 16. Uh, compare that with Etienne's stat line. He got more carries. He got more yards. He just produced substantially more. So thumbs up for James Robinson. It's a weekly trend at this point. I mean, he's got over 16 fancy points in three straight weeks. The guy's just a flat-out stud. We have to accept it. James Robinson should be treated as a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 even, moving forward. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, I didn't know whether to consider this a positive or negative because ultimately the counting stats were okay this week. He ended up with 12.4, so like got the job done. Every week he's had 12 or more points. This is half PPR we're referring to. But he ultimately had more rushing touchdowns, one, than rushing yards, zero, through the day. Still pretty concerning. We saw Pacheco also heavily involved. Pretty big rotation again. McKinnon again involved. I think he makes a sell candidate. Obviously, again, double-digit weeks. He keeps getting it done. He's efficient with the work, and that offense you always will be. I don't try. He looks good, too. He does look good, but, like, I'm not trusting it. I think he's a sell candidate. J.K. Dobbins, I actually saw a comment we just had in our comment section asking about how Dobbins did. Well, he was limited, but he rushed seven times for 23 yards. Uh, he had two catches for 17 yards. Kenyon Drake was a healthy and active. Mike Davis was active. He barely touched the ball or the field. Um, so... Not a ton of encouraging stuff from the Ravens' backfield in general. Luckily, uh, Lamar Jackson rushed for over 100 yards, and uh, so all was good. He didn't need a running back. It's just a reminder. Right. That's why these running backs haven't been that all attractive. It's a committee, and their number one running back is the quarterback. But Dobbins, it's good to see him back there. Looked okay with his touches for sure. Pretty efficient, as he always has been. I think that activity will continue to ramp up. Just kind of interesting, too, to see Justice Hill as involved as he was compared to Mike Davis. And as you mentioned, Kenyon Drake not active. Maybe Hill's a guy you consider on your waiver wires, but we have a bunch of other names we consider ahead of him. Miles Sanders is on here not because he blew the doors off. 15 carries for 46 and then a negative two-yard catch. Just intriguing that no other running back had more than three touches today. So it seems like it's his backfield for sure, so dominating the workload plus. But the minus is that he just looked very meh in a game that was the perfect script to dominate. Didn't love seeing that. All right, we're going to have to speed up a little bit to make sure we get to some of these mailbag questions. Uh, Patriots running backs, Damian Harris, rushed 11 times for 41 yards and a touchdown. However, Ramondre Stevenson out carried him, outrushed him, had more catches, had more receiving yards. So possibly we're starting to see the worm turn a little bit. Absolutely. 73 yards, 12 carries, and then also 28 yards and four catches 
for Stevenson. Had that crazy almost lateral on that two-point conversion. I don't know if you saw the game at all. That's Looked like it was going to be a great play from Mac Jones and him there, but his knee had touched the ground. Seems like everything is starting to shift towards Ramondre, who definitely looked better, even though both, as always, are efficient selves for sure. Just another eh game from Jonathan Taylor. 21 carries, 71 yards. Did have three catches for 20. You like to see the you know encouraging receiving usage, but it's just a trend that running backs kind of suck this year. And we're such a big running back, you know, bell cows go after them type of site. Man, we might be seeing a different NFL these days. I, I this is this is weird. It's just a different philosophy, it seems, right yeah. now. Kenneth Gainwell, three rushes for six yards. Drop him. Drop him. No need to hang on to him. Moving to wide receivers. One of my favorite stats of the day, Chris Olave, nine catches on 13 targets. That's back-to-back weeks with yeah. 13 targets. Unlike last week where he had 334 air yards but only turned it into 84 yards, we realized a lot of these yards this week. 147 yards, one of the leaders, only third on the list this week in terms of receiving yards. Big week for Olave, plus you have an injury to Michael Thomas we'll discuss a little bit later. Definitely one of the biggest rises of the week and just an absolute – to see the guy play, he pops. He pops in every single way. Big fan of this Olave kid moving forward. Isaiah McKenzie, guy you were on the bandwagon for, for before he ever played in the NFL. Um, seven catches on nine targets, 76 yards, and a touchdown. That was in a, a game that the Bills surprisingly had a hard time generating points, and he was responsible for a lot of them. So great job, McKenzie. I definitely am encouraged by that moving forward. Yeah, way more active than our daddy Davis. <laughs> Very big concern. We'll talk about him shortly. But Isaiah McKenzie moving all over the place. Hopefully you were patient with him. Looks like he'll be a big part of the offense moving forward. Parker, with the absence of Jacoby Myers today, we were wondering who's going to step up. It was definitely Parker. A whopping 10 targets, hauled in only five of them, but made them count. 156 yards, some just insane toe-tapping grabs along the sidelines. This was the type of game you needed to see for him to build that chemistry with Mac, to get that trust, because some of these catches and throws were just pinpoint like you really need to thread that needle type of thing. And, and it was great to see. I imagine this is a very encouraging thing for him moving forward. We'll talk about him again when we get to waiver wires. Curtis Samuel, targeted 10 times, caught seven of them, 48 yards. Meh. I mean, the targets are good, but I mean, it's not like not no one did much with him today. Um, he did have three rushes and he got 13 yards on those. Yeah, and a similar performance, a lot of empty calories, but good to see with Traylon Burks leading the team in routes, uh, route percentage for the Titans. He didn't do a whole lot with it, and Robert Woods actually had a pretty good day, hauling in four of his six targets for 85 yards, so he outproduced Burks, but we're seeing Burks now run more routes, getting some of that downfield work still. He's definitely a guy I would be looking for on waiver wires or maybe as a buy-low guy. I think the breakout is coming soon, though. K.J. Osborne had five catches on eight targets for 73 yards and a touchdown in the Vikings' Week 3 win. Now, that came almost all on the last drive. Going into the final drive, he had three catches for 17 yards. So you can look at that in a positive way or you can look at it in a negative way. Either way, you slice it. Not a bad game for K.J. Osborne, especially in a game when, like we said, Jefferson did nothing. Yeah, it came at the expense of Jefferson. I don't think you can trust him moving forward, but a reminder of the, the handcuff upside this guy has. Definitely a player. Kendrick Bourne, I just wanted to highlight the fact that looked okay. Four catches on five targets, 58 yards. That came on 18 snaps, 18 of 66, still clearly in the doghouse. And it makes no sense because he's, again, one of the only players making plays for the Patriots right now. I don't get what's going on. He has seven catches, 115 yards on the season, and that's on like 30 total snaps. Mac Jones loves him. He makes a point to target him every time he's out there. And all Bourne does is make plays, plays and stays in the fucking doghouse of that. Useless, Matt Patricia. Here comes the sweat. 
here comes the swears. I cannot stand here it comes. Mr. Pacheco. <laughs> We're gonna end the positives to wide receivers with two kind of undisputed target hogs on their respective yeah. teams. Christian Kirk, six Again. catches on nine targets for seventy-two and a touchdown. We talked about him last week. Not to be outdone. In fact, to like this double what he did. Hollywood Brown, fourteen catches on seventeen targets for a buck forty. Wow. And that's I mean, the Cardinals scored nine points in that game. I mean, like Kyler did not look good. Um Hollywood Brown was basically doing it all. 17 targets. That's like a if you had 17 carries as a running back, that's a good day. That's an insane workload for a receiver. Great to see from him. We know Hopkins is coming back soon, but until then, this was the performance, that breakout game that I think carries him for the next few weeks, at least until Hopkins is back. Was a tough game for Brandon Cooks, a guy that we had kind of labeled start, set, forget, don't think about it. Seven targets, but two catches, 22 yards. Just an abysmal performance from the Texans overall. They are probably the worst team in football, in my opinion. Uh, just awful. I kind of think the Cardinals. Are, I know they won last. No, game. they they're better than they're better than the friggin' Texans. Okay, they're on. better. Fine, they're better than the Texans. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. That's not even the conversation. It's more just like I just the, the Cardinals disgust me. They do disgust me too, but sickening more so is this this. You mentioned these guys before, but we haven't mentioned Robbie Anderson. He was targeted four times. He caught one ball for 14 yards in the Panthers' week three win. Um, and if you couple that with what we've already talked about DJ Moore doing, it's like, yeah, really? Baker's really hooking these guys up, huh? Oh, wait. Yeah. So pumped <laughs> we got Baker Mayfield instead of Sam Darnold. They just cannot get a QB over there. We did want to mention, too, obviously Justin Jefferson, dud of the week, 14 yards. In his, in his you know, downfall, Adam Thielen finally emerged on the season. Six catches on eight targets, 61 yards and a score, so wanted to highlight him. Another receiver, though, that you can cut, another deep threat that can do it all, Darnell Mooney. Two catches, 23 yards on six targets. He has racked up 4.7 points on the year. Not today. Three weeks, he has 4.7 points. That is just pathetic. Cut the guy. I'm done with him. You should be, too. I, I was never not done with him, but if I, it's possible to be more done with somebody, he has definitely earned that. Exactly. I'm, I'm sad to I'm sad to put Gabe Daddy Davis on this list. He was targeted six uh, times. He caught three of them, um, including there was a touchdown. It looked like he should have had a touchdown. And, and uh, anyway, 37 yards. Hopefully that is not a pattern. I mean, there's some real good receivers on this team. I mean, we know how great Diggs is and now McKenzie really emerging. Um, Davis is great, too. Didn't see it this week. Yeah, Dotson, another one we wanted to highlight. Great to see eight targets after he's only had five and five in back-to-back weeks. But by Didn't far, do anything with that. I know. Weirdly, the narrative has flipped. He finally got used, but then only hauled in two car targets for 10 yards. The guy has been an absolute monster in his first two weeks. I think this is a great secondary. I'm not too worried about it. Moving to tight ends, Mark Andrews, what an absolute stud. Eight for 89, two touchdowns, over 24 fantasy points, a whopping 13 targets. He is the new Travis Kelsey. I'd rather have him. I'm, I'm the rest of the season big board. I'm bumping Andrews above him at this point. The guy is an absolute monster. Wide receiver one at your tight end spot. Unbelievable. Maybe an encouraging performance yes. from Kyle Pitts, but maybe also one of those things where the bar's been put so low. We're like, oh. This was good. No. Oh, I, I think this five was catches good. for 87 yards on eight targets. And it's That's like, pretty good. yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's not it's, third it's certainly, good. It's certainly way better than he has done. But yes. it's like, I, I, we see this with basketball players and stuff, draft picks all the time that aren't really panning out. And then they have a game where they score like eight points. And you're like, all right, okay. Like, that is not why we're paying this guy $24 million. No. So, I, I, I mean, encouraging, better. Uh, I'm not still, I'm still. Yeah, AJ I'm Brown st- for, you know, no, in round three. I'm still right? waiting. Like, I'm still waiting. I get what you're saying. On the negative front, Logan Thomas, a streamer I wanted to go to, two catches, five yards, just bleh. 
Evan Ingram, one catch, nine yards in a game where his team scored 38 points. Almost had a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. he did almost have a touchdown. So did Gabe Davis. A lot of people almost scored touchdowns. Two waiver wire guys that just did not pan out this week. And moving through right along, we do want to make sure to promote (laughs) this time. No house advantage. Changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play and pick them contests versus other people for the shot at winning 250K plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. CJ almost won 1500 the other night, just missed one pick and fell down. But still, awesome stuff for him. Almost had it. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 extra money if you hit all your picks. Head on up to five player props over unders, individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, MLB, NBA, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code RSJ at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get your first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. And you don't want to miss out on this. 100% check out our our presenting sponsor. They're a great spot. Cannot emphasize that enough. And it supports your boys too. So cheers. All right. We need to fly through the injuries because we don't have a ton of information on a lot of these as far as how it's going to affect them moving forward. So we can at least hit the waiver wire picks before we go on the air. Dalvin Cook got knocked out of the game with a shoulder injury. In his stead, Alexander Madison came in and rushed seven times for 28 and a touchdown. Cook is expected to wear a brace and play week four against the Saints. That's what we know so far. And remember Thursday night a couple years ago, maybe even last year, I can't remember, last year, Harness Dalvin Cook had like three touchdowns. I, I love Dalvin Cook when he has supportive things on his body, so I'm not panicking right. right now. But just it's, it's already, come on, already. Bears coach Matt Eberflus saying David Montgomery is day-to-day, so maybe that impacts your waiver wire plans. But Khalil Herbert looked great, so maybe they don't rush it. He did say it was good news after initial testing, though, on Montgomery, who rolled up his knee ankle. We'll see ultimately what we find, but it seems like they escaped any major concerns there with David Montgomery. X-rays on Mac Jones' ankle were negative after the week three loss to the Ravens. He is going to undergo an MRI on Monday. It's a high ankle sprain. Yeah, he was wincing, too. I was watching. I mean, it looked like it hurt. He looked like he was in serious pain, even if it's broke, not broken, which it sounds like it's not. Could be a high ankle sprain. Could be missing him for a couple weeks, it sounds like. Michael Thomas was doubtful to return. He did not return against the Panthers. Neither did Jarvis Landry as well. It was a foot for MT. Uh, it was an ankle for Jarvis Landry. I'm not sure. Did you catch? Is it the same foot that Michael Thomas has been dealing with? I I'm not, not sure. I did I not catch that. Um, still, you know, Chris Olave, 147 yards, nine targets. Like, if those guys are out, he already, to me, is a no-brainer starter, Lave, but this would just continue to have his ascension rocket up the big board. Uh, Dallas Goddard and A.J. Green in their respective games both left with a shin and knee injury, uh, respectively, and did not return. Don't know much more about those yet, but we'll keep an eye on them. And Tua Taglova did leave with a concussion. Fell, like looked like he was clearly done for the day. Somehow returned. I think the NFL is actually investigating their protocol and like seeing if they actually went through it. So we'll see on that. He did return, ultimately won the game. Gutty performance from him. He's in my division, but I kind of like to see it given how much doubt he got throughout his career so far. Garrett Wilson, another guy that did leave, but also returned with a rib injury. Six catches, did see another whopping 10 targets. Three straight games since Chris started his career with double-digit targets. 60 yards, did not find the end zone for the first time, but looked equally as dominant as he has all year. Probably one of the top waiver wire pickups by the time the season's all said and done. Speaking of the waiver wire. Speaking of the waiver wire, the guy that we say you should blow it all on, he's rostered in 48% of Yahoo leagues, only 25% of ESPN leagues. That, of course, is the aforementioned Khalil Herbert. 
you think it's worth going all in on, right? I did until the recent news that Montgomery might be day-to-day. Because if you're not even getting a full-on start from Khalil Herbert, then maybe it's not worth it. But as long as he's starting, you saw it. 30-point upside today, 157 yards, two touchdowns. He was rumored, too. I don't know that he needs a Montgomery injury to be overly serious to actually take this backfield over. Remember, all summer, the team hyped him up as the better fit uh, for their zone-blocking scheme. He sure looked that way today. Every time he started, he had four starts last year, top 12 running back in three of them. So as long as he's starting, he is well worth every penny of your waiver wire fab. But we will see uh, as we develop on Tuesday, as always. I'll be live 7 p.m. to have more info for you. Isaiah McKenzie dropped in a lot of leagues. Sadly, I was impatient with him in one of the leagues I had him, and I cut him. Feel horrible afterwards seeing nine targets, seven catches, 76 yards, and a score. As we mentioned, moved all over the place, highly used out of the slot, and including the backfield as well. Seems like they made a real clear effort to get him the ball, and he rewarded them for their effort. So I expect this to be a thing moving forward. Check if he was dropped in your leagues for sure. Devontae Parker, who we did mention earlier, is 25% owned. Maybe worth a stab. 100%, 156 yards, five catches, as we talked about, and a whopping 10 targets. I know when Myers is back, that's undoubtedly going to impact his target share, but he's been an every snap player move, you know, all, all through the year, 64 of 66 again this week. And those throws, I got to keep emphasizing the fact that he was making these high chemistry, really degree difficulty type throws and catches uh, with Matt Jones. Good to see for him, but also Matt Jones health. You got to track to see how valuable this will be. Traylon Burks, as we mentioned, led the team in route percentage, continues to make play after play when he gets the ball. I think the breakout's coming. He's only 46% rostered, might be dropped by some impatient owners. Check for him because the kid looks real good. I think he's going to have a breakout soon. Jordan Mason, only 6% owned ahead of tonight. Why not? Yeah. We are getting up close to kickoff right now, but you heard it here. We mentioned him before the kickoff. You got about five minutes before kickoff. If you're listening to the replay on the, the podcast or on YouTube, we'll you're see if late. he looks like idiots, but he's only 6% rostered. That's that type of roster churn we're always saying. I love to have a spot dedicated to handcuffs and things. If something ever happened to Jeff Wilson, I do think he's going to be the star tonight, but something happens. Mason. Averaged five yards per carry in the preseason. Looked damn good. And with our guy Grant Cohen's pick to do it. We saw Romeo Dubs today. Only 22% rostered. He ended up scoring a touchdown. Uh, did you see what his final stat line was? I'm going to pull it up not. real quick. Um, but the first drive, I mean, it was clear they had, like, really organ- like schemed him in. Yeah. Ultimately, 17 fantasy points. Eight catches on eight targets, 73 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, good. that's the type of performance a rookie needs to earn Aaron Rodgers' trust. you got to imagine he's going to be locked into a starting role ahead of Christian Watson moving forward. I think he might be the number one pickup if Khalil Herbert doesn't end up getting the starts this week. I really like what I saw of this Dubs kid. Every time he plays, he just makes plays, you know? I honestly thought that the Packers slash Aaron Rodgers were going to find a way to lose that game. I, I it, mean, was, I, it came down I, to the wire. They almost did. <laughs> it would have been so funny. Yeah. Michael Gallup, 35% owned. We've definitely mentioned him plenty in the past couple of weeks. Uh, might be one of your last chances to take a good stab at him. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't play till tomorrow night. Probably can't use him for two to three weeks, but once Dak is back, and it sounds like his recovery is going really smooth, I really think Michael Gallup's a quality wide receiver, too, for your stretch run, and he's out there. Like, you don't find talents like this on your waiver wire. Go get him. Correct this mistake. I don't know what to make of this one. Mac Hollins, eight catches, 10 targets, 158 yards, and a score. This is now you know, one-week wonder. Definitely give those vibes, except for the fact that he led the team in receiving last week as well, and that was with Hunter Renfro on the field. So, yes, I get this happened without Renfro. I get that he's been a nobody, 29 years old, has never had more than five catches or more than 72 yards in a single game 
till this time. But the guy continues to make plays as he continues to get used. He's going to been a starter all year. I guess he's worth a stab at this point, right? What, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I'm skeptical, but I mean, it's like you can't ignore this. I mean, anytime you're looking at eight catches on 10 targets for anybody, it's 1% earned. You got to at least do a double take. Right? right? At right? Least, yeah. <laughs> Alec Pierce, 4% owned. We've mentioned him before. Three catches on five targets, 61 yards in the Colts. Week three win over the Chiefs. I'm not too excited about this one. I, I'm not overly excited, but Ashton Doolin and Paris Campbell continue to be complete pieces of ass. So this guy does have some real upside down the stretch. I love the prospect coming in out of Cincinnati, Alec Pierce. At 4% rostered, I don't know that you have to have him now, but I want to get him on your mind because if he has another good week in a row, I'm, I'm going to really start peppering this guy. Tyler Conklin, if you're looking for a tight end, there's two guys I want to highlight, and then we'll be done with the waiver wire and hit some of your questions. Uh, I mean, we don't have a ton of time, but we'll do what we can. Tyler Conklin, though, if you get a tight end, 21% rostered, he'd absolutely be the number one guy I'm going after. Eight catches on a whopping eight targets, and this is not a one-week wonder. 84 yards, ultimately, on those. He has now run uh, – these some crazy stats real quick. The only tight end per, per PFF, Nate Janky, one of the best recap articles you can have. Conklin is the only tight end with over 200 offensive snaps. Similarly, he's the, o- he's the only tight end – Ran the most routes out of any tight end, 141. That's 25 more than the next closest tight end, more than Travis Kelsey, more than Mark Andrews. Tyler Conklin leading the position in routes run. Seen at least five targets in every single game. This season, he's clearly the pass-catching guy ahead of C.J. Uzuma, who's been active for two of those three games. Conklin's been a top-12 tight end in two of his three weeks and was top-15 all three. The guy's actually getting it done, so that's a guy you can look at. And if not him, Jelani Woods is a very talented rookie that had two touchdown catches today. Only had 13 yards, so definitely a touchdown or bust type of guy. But at this point, clearly ahead of Mo Alley Cox in the red zone. Kylan Granson's running more routes, but has done absolute jack shit with them. Woods is a very strong athlete that they targeted out, I believe, in round two. It's not no third round, early third rounds where they drafted him. I think they have a clear role in mind, and we know Frank Wright has always loved peppering his tight end. So big fan of this guy's long tail upside moving forward. I'd go to Conklin first if I needed a tight end, but Jelani Woods is someone you can look at too. All right, we are pretty much at kickoff. Um, do you, do we want to hit mailbag or, or what? Ah, we can hit it real fast. I, I mean, you can head out if you want. I'll I'll hit it fast though if you if you got to get out of here. Uh, let's just do it quick. I'm happy yeah. to do it. Kevin Rice says, "What the hell do I do with Patterson and Pierce going forward?" We love Patterson. It's a good problem to have, but I think Patterson's the clear cut, more established player that you don't have to worry about his role every single week. Whereas Pierce, the fumbles. I think there's more risk with him. So I like Patterson moving forward. I end up starting Damian Pierce over A.J. Dillon and Zeke. I don't blame you, at least on Zeke. They need 20 points from the Niners and Lamb. Good play on those calls right there. I, I would not have gone over Dillon, but you were clearly right. And I don't think you get the, uh, I think the Niners could get like seven or eight. So you need, I, this is very well within your range of possibility, Eric. I'll, I'll give you a, a 59% chance of winning. How about that? Do we want to talk to David? He's been waiting for like 20 minutes. Oh, we got the call in. I didn't even see that down there. We got to keep, of course we want to talk to David. Let's get our call in here. What's True. going on, brother? I'm sorry. I didn't even see that down there. You're all good, Wolf. Truth. It's the streak. Come on. We live for the streak. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> By the way, I do appreciate um, you asked for a mush pick. I, I reluctantly yeah. gave you Allen Robinson. And So, yes, that destroyed, <laughs> that destroyed one of my fantasy teams for the whole Spe- week. Speaking of streaks <laughs> that I've got going. And the mush is the mush but is live and well. I, I I must ask, where are we on Matthew Stafford? This guy just, you know, there's something going on there. 
I have him on two of my fantasy teams. I just want to get your takes where we are moving forward and rest uh, for week four and rest of the season. Where are, we on the, where are we on the Rams in general, unless your name's Cooper Cup? That's what I was going to ask because I did actually want to talk about the backfield, so I'm glad you brought that up. We had Cam Akers finally rise from the dead. It was like the Undertaker gift until he got <laughs> choked slammed back into the fucking coffin with a goal line fumble. Had 60 yards and a touchdown leading into the day. Was so close to having two touchdowns on the day. Coughed it up to the goal line. I can't imagine he's going to get that work moving forward. So that was brutal. Rams in general, Matt Stafford, I- I'm glad you brought up that up too. I-, I don't feel good about it. I mean, you can't get it done against the Cardinals secondary. Who are you going to get it done against? It's it's worrisome. I think the elbow is bugging him more than I would have realized heading into the year. Other than Cooper Cup, I don't really trust any of these guys. Maybe Higby, honestly, like at the second best option fantasy-wise for this team, which blows my mind. Don't trust the backfield. Don't trust any weapons. I'm nervous, David. I really am. I- I'm ready to hit the panic button on the Rams outside Cooper Cup. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, keeping the streak alive. Great yep, to see you, brother. It a lot, so I'll see Cheers. you guys soon. Absolutely. Ben says, I don't have much to add, but I'm glad to see you fellas. Mix and Dylan, Logan Thomas, Kirk Cousins all suck farts for a living this week. Yep. Daniel said, right I started down. London over Davis, and it saved me. Good call. I'm oh, not, nice. I'm not, I'm not sure I would have recommended that. that. So I mean, A lot of people asked done. it today for me and CJ, and we both said daddy, even acknowledging, though, that London – we kept doing the preface. London is much safer. You don't want to take the risk of daddy today. Go London, but we're a daddy show. I don't know that we can call ourselves a daddy show after today, though. He disappointed us. Yeah, he did. Denny Jennings says, what's up, fellas? Glad to see you feeling better. Wolf went against Lamar today. So did I. Suffered my first loss. Go Birds. Wentz just got sacked again. The, the Birds look really good. <laughs> Wentz got a great final line there. But, yeah, the, the Birds, are they the best team in the NFC right now? Uh, they might be. And I know that as of at least a, a few days ago, you could have gotten real good odds on them going to the Super Bowl. Like, like extremely good. Like, like. I think they're my pick right now. They're my pick out of the NFC. Well, remember what you and me, we, we both said in the preseason going into it, we said Bucks and Rams. And it's like, they both just look like absolute dog shit. Ass. Ass. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Absolutely. Packers, uh, no threat. Like, yeah. Baker Mayfield ruins everything. Yeah. No, he sure does. They, they really might be the best. You're right. The Midas touch, but the opposite just turns everything to shit. Dave says, I need my calling line. You got we, it. We got no it. one. Should I start Jeff Wilson or Kittle? Unfortunately, like. Unfortunately, fine. yeah. I, I want to promise we'll get set starts on this show, but we have to cram so we much. Maybe try to athlete. try to start five minutes earlier. Yeah, maybe, but it's tough. Like, the, yeah. I, I, we can't guarantee that. I'm sorry, no one. Make sure to hit the 11 a.m. show. I, for what it's worth, I would have gone Kittle. I really think he blows up tonight. Wilson's safer, but give me no, Kittle unless you just need like eight sure points. I'd probably go Wilson. Well, um, oops, Eric, Eric says, Olavi and Khalil Herbert are my favorite pickups if they're on waiver. Pierce as well. Yeah, Olavi's out there in like six or only available. Like he's 65% rostered, so probably not available. If he is, he's the type of guy 100% of my fab would go to. I would not hesitate to drop the entire bag on Chris Olave if he's out there. Ryan said, should I start Jeff Wilson tonight or switch him out for Pollard? I'm down 19 last chance. Again, sorry, we're a little late on that, but what would you have said, Wolf? I would have said Wilson. I think, yeah, a 19 is not the biggest ceiling, but I think there's a better shot that he gets like two scores or something like that. As we continue to mow through these, that thumbs up button would be so greatly appreciated to help us continue to grow Wolf back. And if you haven't already hit that sub button, so greatly appreciated. And if you're not catching it, the Fantasy Fullback Dive on Monday mornings, that commute, perfect way. Get into your Monday morning wheel freak just to hear this if you missed the show live. Also, Ryan says, what the fuck is up with the Etienne usage or lack thereof? I mean, I think I think it has just James Robinson's a stud. 
James Robinson's a stud, and they're treating him like a rookie. I, I think it's going to take a little while if if it ever happens. James Robinson's just damn good. Matt B, the Bills Dolphins had all the made things of a shootout. I, I didn't buy it. I, I just dud. didn't think it would happen. Dud. I thought it would. It was a complete dud. You always you, you always see like yeah it, it was like twenty eight points in the first quarter I think I mean it looked yeah. like it was about to blow up and then not quite that many but you're you're right they they went back and forth on some fast first few too. possessions but yeah Juan Payne should I start Jamal Williams next week of course it depends on what your depends other options, options are but I mean he's he's been good he's got as high a touchdown equity as really any back in the league this Lions offense is good and he's the goal line back I mean it's he's got he's got a good shot every week what would you guys do with Knox drop him or stash him. Depends who your other tight ends are, but like I don't think Monox is a must hold anymore, which is just nuts. I don't either, but there's not a ton of great tight ends. Right, like, I, it's just still such a good there. option, like touch, like a potential scoring option on the best offense in the league. So like it's it's tough to ignore that. Should I still drop Duvernay for a backup tight end? I would not for a backup no, tight end. I would not. I mean, good. the guy scored four touchdowns, so like, he looks really good. Enough. Yeah, I, I, he makes play after play. You know, I have not given him his flowers enough. I think Duvernay is actually a player. Should I trade Eckler and Higgins for Jefferson? No. I don't think so. No, no Higgins might be the best player in this deal I'd right rather, now. I'd rather have Eckler and Higgins. Yeah, two uh, two really good players for one really good, I think, player. Yeah, no. I Juan says, is, is Michael Carter worth holding? Should I trade for Eckler? It's hard to say if you should trade for Eckler, not knowing anything else. Um, I'm not a Michael Carter guy at all. I'm not a Michael Carter guy either, and I think this is really turning to Brees Hall's favor. Danny Jennings, what's up with Mixon? Yeah, we should have definitely had time to panic on Mixon. He should have been on the dud list. Like, this was a – clear-cut smash spot for the guy, and he just came out and shit, him pe- shit his pants. So I'm worried. Heading into the week, though, he was the number one running back and expected fantasy points. He just hadn't been converting touchdowns. I just – there's got to be a certain point. Like, we don't get expected fantasy points. We don't win on those. We win on the fantasy points we right. get. And he's being very efficient, even though he's seeing great volume. I, it, I'm not panicking compared to, like, Allen Robinson and, and Stafford, as we mentioned. But that's one where, like, the, the closet to the panic button's open. I well, it's might like pull it out. You talk about expected points and stuff. It's like the other uh, the other day we talked about running roots, and I said I can run roots. Yeah, I'm not going ca- to catch any balls. You're not putting fantasy points, right? Exactly. I won't score you any points, but I'll run the shit out of some roots. <laughs> Ryan Hagerty, Mike Sanders stinks. Denny says he doesn't use deodorant. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on drafting Cam Akers in Dynasty? He's a nine oh nine pick. His ADB four four. I mean, you got a complete steal. I'm just worried that like he's gonna be forever buried with these fumbles. It's it's not good. But at that value, absolutely, I take him. Yes, thank you. Eric says Mooney's a good receiver. This offense stinks. I do think Mooney. Maybe. I I mean, I think Fields is a really bad quarterback. I do too, and I think Moon. I agree with all of this. I think Mooney's a good player. I think he's stuck in a situation that he's not good enough to supersede either. Like I, I, I don't want anything to do with him this year, at all. All right, Ryan says I honestly think Thielen coming on well helps out Justin Jefferson in the long run, and I'm saying this is a nervous Justin Jefferson owner. We'll see. Yeah, it should, it should, but we'll see. Diamond hands on Kyle Pitts. On <laughs> Kyle Pitts, Juan Big says thing. Conklin, Engram, Hurst, Irv Smith, Gasecki, Will Disley, Logan Thomas still available. Who should I use for a backup for Knox? I would not drop one of Devernay for one of those guys. First of all, as you guys no, earlier, I if I were picking up one of these guys. Before today, I probably would have said Logan Thomas, but he didn't do anything. I, I think Conklin might be the actual most consistent of all these guys, which is wild yeah. to think. But I don't know that you need to own any of them. I, I think you just ride it out with Knox. Um, Eric L. Smith, not. Nah, uh, they're they're talking to each other. We'll just okay. keep going. All right. Yeah, um, big balls for sure. I mean, Romeo big balls Doug. Are... Guy more in the doghouse for a while. 
Yeah, those fumbles. That not good. He's droppable at this point. We should Romeo. Romeo Dubs better than Lazard. What do you think? If he gets the the starts and the nods, I think he's definitely a better talent. I think he's shown that. So yeah, it's just a matter of does he earn the playing time. Mahmoud, hey, what's up? Uh, Marlon Mack might be a better pickup than Mason Shanahan will trust a better. Yeah, more I, be I want nothing to do with Mack. I'm done with him. I'm over him. But hey, maybe Mahmoud, good to see you. But I'm not. I'm not going to endorse Marlon. Joe Mack. Kingsley's praying for Judy and Kittle to be re-injured, hanging on by a thread. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I cannot hope for injuries. I'm sorry, but you know, good luck. Matt B. Does Conklin have value once Wilson comes back? Won't know their chemistry until after week four. Don't know. I, I think that's actually a really good point too. Like we don't need to sprint out. Even like Garrett Wilson, like what's going to happen when we got Zach Wilson back? Do you believe in voodoo? You missed this one. <laughs> well, that's because he's hoping they, they get injured. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But do you believe in voodoo in general? Not specifically. I'm sure as soon as I say that, like someone's going to start. Yeah, somebody me stabbed me in the appendix it. this week. I don't know. It might have been my fantasy opponent, Mr. Bailey, but yeah. <laughs> right. Um, Cam Akers is not dead yet. I, he might Not be. Yet. That fumble. Like, McVay is going to be real pissed. He's talked about the ball security with him many times. Yeah, they, they had no chance to let the Cardinals back in that game except that. Like, that was yeah. the only possible way. You worried about Swift and Mixon's injury history at all? Not anymore. I, I, injury history is a tricky thing. Like, yes, some players clearly are more susceptible than others. I'm not worried about Mixon. I'm certainly a little more worried about Swift, but – I don't go into the week being like, I can't play Swift because I think he's going to get hurt this week, you know? So not not really, no, Aaron. <laughs> Matt, no, no. Oh, Patterson. Patterson. Denny Jennings rounding it out. Thanks, fellas, for answering the question. No, no, when Patterson here, over Gibson, which was a bold call, well done. That's the, that's the thing where you trust your nuts. Like you, you go with your gut here. He did it no to, and, and he really came out for you. So well done. Really trust that. Awesome, boys. Well, thank you, everybody, for being out here. That thumbs up on your way out means the world. Thanks again for catching the recap show. All our content is at RotorStreetJournal.com. We breed and feed you fancy wolves. I'll be live next on Tuesday for your waiver wire recap. Until then, I hope you get everything you need to win your week three matchups. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.